Mine's good. Life good! Got real close. I hear high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have! Hi, everyone. Welcome to Game of Stones. This is our playoff preview for the 2018 Scotty's Tournament of Hearts, where we will get you ready for this weekend of action. And also, we'll look back at the week that was and what happened, and we'll break down what we got right and what we got wrong. Back here again with my brother Scott. Hi, Scott. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Good. So, we're taping this. It's about noon on Saturday. So, the 3-4 game is in about five hours from now, about 5 o'clock Eastern time. And we'll talk about who's in that game, who's in the 1-2 game, what we expect. But let's talk about the week before we get into that yeah. because there's a lot of talk about the new format a lot of people didn't like it twitter was somewhat upset fake cca was really upset about it they didn't care for this new format kind of grew on me over the week but what did you think well i got to be honest with you i i found that there was a lot more uh, terrible games on uh, at any given time the the balance in the pools was I mean, pretty obvious who the strong teams were and who the weaker teams were. Yeah. It made for uh, a lot of early handshakes and uh, not the best drama. I feel like TSN was struggling to figure out what game they wanted to put on without showing the same teams over and over and over again. Right. Which is why Jennifer Jones started Saturday and Sunday and was off by the fifth end break. And that's it. Because she was just running through people. The, the the games weren't competitive at the beginning. It got a little more interesting as the week went on and, and you know, playoff or championship pool implications took took shape. But yep. I got to be honest, the, the beginning of the week held a little bit less interest for me than in previous years. I agree. But I also think that's why it's a good format because you want to build through... The week, right? When you have, in the past, your best game on Saturday, sometimes, then you get to the point where it's Wednesday or Thursday night, and then you're struggling to find games, right? If you have to struggle to find games, you might as well struggle to find games early in the week, stack all your really good games later in the week, Mm -hmm. and build that drama going into the playoffs, right? In, In past years, when you get to draw 17, which was the last draw, if you're stuck with good teams against bad teams. I I know they try and massage it so that you'll have a good game at the end. But we saw at the trials where you can try and massage and have a good game with Jennifer Jones against Rachel Holman in a game that was meaningless. It didn't matter in the end. It didn't matter at all. So it's, it's hard to do that before the event. What this allows is for Thursday and Friday, you know you have games that matter. You know they have games that are meaningful. And even if you look last night... I stayed up, I watched the end of it. You have that extra end between Marianne Arsenault and Holly Duncan that means something, not only for Marianne Arsenault, but then you have Casey Scheidegger sitting there hoping that Holly Duncan can win. And who would have thought that at the start of the week that a Friday night game between Holly Duncan and Marianne Arsenault would be super meaningful? So that's why I liked it. You're sort of forcing good games at the end of the week. I think that's why it really worked. I completely agree that at the start of the week it was hard to find games. And a lot of 8-end games this week, it felt like. It did feel like more than usual, yeah. But it built the drama, I felt, a lot more effectively than the traditional round-robin format. You're not wrong, and it was very good of the tournament to have Friday night be the 
wrap up to the championship pool, whereas traditionally it's been Thursday night or Friday morning the past few or years even too. Friday morning, yeah, where there it's it's harder for people to watch when on a Friday night. You know, you don't have to go to work the next day, in this case when the games are out in BC, and right. you can stay up till 1.30. <laughs> I know I stayed up till 1.30 uh, probably too many times this week, given yeah. I had to get up at 6 for work, but, <laughs> you know, uh, it's once once a year, whatever. Right. But, uh, but I understand your point about uh, the more exciting games last night, and it was a pretty exciting draw last night. Yeah, overall, I think, I was a little surprised on the choice of the TV game, to be honest, um, but... They did a good job of, as they always do, of showing everything, and and yeah, it turned out that when you don't know the playoff teams until the last rock, and you know that Vic is cheering so hard for Marion Arsenal because he doesn't want tiebreakers. Vic hates tiebreakers so much, but it's it's exciting, right? It actually matters. It comes down to the last rock, and it's not like, and this could have happened, of course, but where in past years you get to draw seventeen if there's an extra end between two teams that don't matter. Like so, like it doesn't. Who cares, what right? What are we doing this for? Yeah, if you get the the team that comes in one and nine against the team that comes in three and seven, and they're in an extra end, and and then everyone leaves, and it's sort of sad and depressing. This this protects against that to a degree. That's right. That's right. I also enjoyed how they did the seeding draw on uh, Friday morning. Yeah, it was yesterday Thursday. morning. Yeah, Friday yeah. morning. So yeah, it was interesting. They did sort of across the sheet coverage which is something new for TSN. It's what Sportsnet's done a lot with the Grand Slams. And I thought it was really well done. You were able to tell the stories of the teams that didn't get on TV earlier in the week mm-hmm. or were on TV for such a short period of time you don't remember them. <laughs> and and that way sort of everybody got their moment. It's yeah. Not- and it was, I thought it was, when I turned it on, I, I didn't see the little intro that they did before. I just turned it on and it was the first end and it was the yukon Nunavut game, and I thought, what an interesting choice for the TV game. But then they said, yeah, we're going coast to coast. And I thought, yeah, it's a really good idea, especially for, I mean, there's not one game that you really want to see out of those games. That's right. Really. Um, I mean, New Brunswick against Newfoundland is obviously the best game there, right? But, I mean, it doesn't really turn the needle or or whatever, move the needle. No. And also, why not? Right and yeah, put on Nunavut. Why not? Why not? Right. And it, the the girl who was skipping there, who would played in six juniors, got the chance to throw a draw for one on TV, yeah. and have her family be proud by by watching her. And she cursed on live TV too. Well, you know, and I, caught herself cursing on live TV, which was the best part. <laughs> when she curses and then says, "Oh, I just cursed on live TV," like, that was the best. So what do they find her for that? Or uh... I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Take her. Take the winnings away. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, look out. Um, make her, I don't know, take away something on the flight back to Macau. <laughs> I don't know. So, so yeah, so that seating draw was interesting. It was, I'm glad that they did it. I don't know if it actually really makes a difference in terms of pools for next year. Hopefully it doesn't because they should base, they should rank based on individual teams, not previous year's results, but who knows how they'll do it. Uh, yeah, that's it comes in when you get a team coming out of the province that's not as good because Team Canada is from that province. So, Right, this is sort of what's going on with Newfoundland and the men's right now. Yeah, like, yeah. How good is that team going to be? Even, although, according to Mudrick and uh, and uh, Kathy, they were talking big time about this the Newfoundland playdowns, that there's a lot of good teams this year. Apparently. Apparently well, the Memorial men's team 
Memorial University men's team is very good. That's right. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. So let's. Um, so one of the other things I thought was really interesting in that placement draw is that Kerry Galusha and Robin McPhee agreed beforehand to play the five rock rule in their game. Oh, I didn't know this. Yes. Yeah, so they were playing five rock rule uh, the whole game, figuring why not. It's going to come in next year. Yeah. We'll play it. I thought that was really interesting for them to do and kind of fun. Uh, So that's something else that the placement draw allows. Sure. And even though it might seem sort of silly, it allows the teams that don't get a lot of arena ice another game on arena ice, which can't hurt. Right. And uh, it, it gives them, you know, like another reason to stick around for the week rather than how it was previous with the play in draw. Yeah. Where you didn't know if you were going to be around all week or not. This way they know they'll be playing at least until Friday. Everybody knows they'll be playing till Friday. You can plan accordingly. And that way it makes it easier to make arrangements. Right. Well, everyone except for Chelsea Carey. And we'll get to that in a, in a second. Sure. Uh, but I also noticed on uh, on Thursday, I think, it, I think this was on Twitter, Team Nunavut did a bunch of winery tours. <laughs> why not? Around, eh? Yeah, why not? You're in the region. You oh, might as well. Naramata bench is beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. And I, I'm assuming Vic did as well because he, t- he made reference to the number of wineries around Penticton numerous times through the week. So. There are quite a few. And uh, it's about four or five breweries in Penticton. Uh, hey, Which nice. I have, I have uh, frequented yeah. on my trip there. So. Yeah. Uh, it's a good spot for drinking, that's for sure. <laughs> Nothing so, else to do. Good thing Curlin's there. Eh? There you go. So let's get into this. So we both picked... So we're, let, we'll go through our picks from last week and see what we got right and see what we got wrong as we sort of break down what happened through the week. So the play-in game, to be the team wild card, we both thought Chelsea Carey would win. She did not. Uh, obviously, Carey K- K- Anerson won. Yes. And has done quite well. Quite well. Are you surprised that they won that game? I was a little surprised given the momentum that Team Carey had coming in from the Grand Slam event. Mm-hmm. However, looking at the head-to-head stats, I think Anderson had beaten Carey more often than not in their head-to-head matchups. Okay. And uh, knowing that going in, would I have changed my pick? Probably not. But it, it was a bit a, a bit surprising but given the history, you know, it's not uh, the craziest thing that's ever happened. No, absolutely not. And maybe there's a bit of a hangover Chelsea carry. I don't know. But they did play well, relatively well in that game. It wasn't a blowout, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, Carrie Anderson was in control pretty much the whole time. Yes. But a little surprising that they won. But not really as surprising as some of the other stuff, I think, that has happened True. <laughs> this week. So let's let's get into it. In the We both picked the pools and who we thought would come out of the pools. I thought pool A was stronger. You thought pool B was stronger. But let's start with pool A. My picks coming out of the pool were Manitoba, the wildcard team, Northwest Territories. Excuse me, these are your picks. Uh, (laughs) Manitoba, the wildcard team, Northwest Territories, and Saskatchewan. So you were two for four on those. You were out on Northwest Territories and Saskatchewan. I feel like Northwest Territories might have been the biggest disappointment of this tournament. I completely agree. They w- had a strong year last year. We're building off that. Had brought in Sarah Colton to play third, mm-hmm. and just couldn't uh, couldn't hang. It yeah. uh, it was a bit surprising. They got themselves in uh, a, 
lot of complicated ends and weren't able Carrie wasn't able to bail out the way she usually usually does. Yeah, she didn't have the draw weight. That was her big issue through the week that she really struggled on draw weight. And honestly, I thought when they lost to Sherry Anderson uh, on Sunday to go to one on one, I thought that's a game that to get to the championship pool, given how strong this pool is, that's a game she probably needed to win. And that really really hurt and then she goes and loses to Sylvie Robichaux in the next game and then you got Manitoba next so you're staring one and three in the face that's hard to come back from that's true when in a short uh, seven game round robin where three losses is probably yeah. the limit so the, it, it was a bit uh, a bit disappointing for them Sherry Anderson when I picked her it was kind of a I don't know anybody could come out in this fourth spot <laughs> could be any one of them why not the the Wiley veteran and uh their, their team struggled the same way. I think Sherry struggled with draw weight this week. Yeah. And the younger team didn't uh, play well enough in front of her to make up the difference. Yeah, and their first time there so for those young girls. So hopefully they can grow and develop because Saskatchewan Curling is not doing well right now. Overall, I would say. And, yeah. I, you know, if you look, I looked at the... Uh, I've, I've been following the, the men's tankers, the men's playdowns across the <clears throat> country... And if you look at what's going on in Saskatchewan, it's a little interesting. And we'll talk about this when we get to the, the Briar preview. But the Saskatchewan draw seems wide open. Mm. Uh, so it's really quite interesting. The Laycock team, I mean, they're they're obviously in contention this week and wouldn't be surprised if they win. But, you know, they, they haven't done as well as perhaps some might have expected. Uh, so hopefully Sherry Anderson or whoever ends up skipping that team of Sherry Anderson decides to retire, although there's no indication that she will. Hopefully they can use this. To, to improve going forward because certainly the state of Saskatchewan curling could use it. Competitive curling, at least. Absolutely. So let's, uh, who did you pick there, Sean? So I picked, you were so smart. I am smart. Picks. So I picked uh, Jen Jones, the wildcard team. I had Northern Ontario, and then I had the Northwest Territories. So I'm in on the Northwest Territories as the biggest disappointment of the week. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that they would do well. Disappointing. I... Really liked this pool, and I thought Tracy Fleury, having been there a few times, could get on a roll and get into that championship round. So I had three out of four because the team that neither of us had was Nova Scotia. That I don't think anybody had. So Marianne Arsenault with this young team, they're playing well. They're playing really well. The, the interesting part about this pool play is that she got her losses out of the way pretty early. I think started one and two. She was one and two. So she beat Tracy Fleury in the opening draw, lost then to Carrie Anderson, and then Jen Jones. So she's one and two going into that Monday night draw. And has just reeled off nine victories in a row. Yes. Which, if anybody says that they at the beginning of the week went to the casino and put <laughs> $50 on uh, on uh, this Nova Scotia team. I, I tell you they're lying because they definitely are. <laughs> Nobody had this. No, and they're not just winning. They are blowing people out. So if you look at the results on this winning streak, so they beat New Brunswick 7-6, then they beat Northwest Territories 9-8. So two one-point games against teams that didn't make it to the championship pool. Then against UConn, 8-2. Saskatchewan, 8-3. Then in the championship pool, Canada, 7-1. Beat Alberta, 8-3. Beat British Columbia, 10-4. And then Ontario by 2 last night in the 11th end. But 
those are some pretty big spreads. Their their modus operandi seemed to be to get a big lead early and then defend. Yes. And they did it very, very successfully. Yeah, and Marianne Arsenault has had draw weight in her back pocket, so when she's needed to, when they have gotten in trouble, she's been able to bail them out mm-hmm. and make some key draws. So it's it, it, it's looking good they say for Nova if you, Scotia. Uh, if you can't draw, you can't skip, and uh, she's shown that... Draw weight is for sure uh, one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. And I wonder for her, you know, they, they've been talking all week about the number of championships she's won and how much experience she has. But her experience with those championships was as a front-end player. So coming in now, she's been to the Scotties a few times as a skip, maybe getting more comfortable with the role at this level and making more shots. You know, you can talk about experience all you want, but it's different. it's a different experience to throw appeal in the 10th end versus having to throw that draw to win the game in the 10th end. You got that right. So she's doing well. So I got three out of four in pool A. You got two out of four in pool A. So let's move on to pool B, which you thought was a better pool. I thought it was deeper overall. Yes. So in pool B, you had Alberta, Team Canada, British Columbia, and Prince Edward Island coming out of the pool. I had... Alberta, Canada, BC, and Newfoundland and Labrador coming out of the pool. And, of course, neither of us had Ontario. So we both got the first three of Alberta, Canada, BC. Neither of us had Ontario. I was closer. I would get the tiebreaker because Newfoundland and Labrador made it into that tiebreaker against Holly Duncan. No such thing as close enough. You got to get the names right. And uh, yeah, Newfoundland Labrador might be second place for most disappointing team, especially after they got off to that great start. They just seem to lose their confidence as the losses piled up. Yeah, I think it's the way it happened, not how she finished, or not that she finished with four and three. I think if you had said at the start of the week that Stacey Curtis goes four and three in pool B, I think... I don't know. My guess, she, my guess is that she would have taken that. I certainly would have thought that was a good week for her. But getting out 4-0 and then losing the last three-round robin, losing the tiebreak game, mm-hmm. that is disappointing to see how it happened. And having beaten one of the front runners in Team Alberta, you know, they, they were in a, a pole position to be able to take it on home to the championship pool. Yeah, and it's surprising, too, because that game against Alberta was her that fourth win. Yeah. And... She takes that fourth win against the front runner, and then she gets on the losing streak. So it's a little surprising in that sense. Although that was the, the Alberta game was a one-game day for them. Um, so maybe you sleep on it, you're excited, whatever. You come out and you f- flatline in the morning against Team Canada, and then you sort of struggle the rest of the week. I don't know, but uh, it, it certainly was surprising. Bit of a tough finish, yeah. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I mean, two of the wins that she got were against PEI and Nunavut, so teams that you would expect her to beat. But still, you know, you beat Ontario, good win. You beat Alberta, good win. And then to fall to Canada, Quebec, and then British Columbia, that hurts. Mm-hmm. Other team I was impressed with out of this pool that didn't make it was Team Quebec. Uh, junior yeah. age team, they really showed themselves well. 
uh, had some good games, made a few mistakes as you would expect, but uh, were pretty close in most most of their contests. Yeah, they they really did play well, and I, I love the story that they just didn't have enough teams in the Quebec Provincials to fill out a draw. So they asked these junior teams to play. They sign up, they win, and then they do pretty well. They, pretty they well, held yeah. their own. Yeah, I would say uh, if you're Mary France, you're maybe saying, oops, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> shouldn't have invited but, them. Uh, Just do a double did. round robin or something. Like, yeah. leave, the kids, leave the kids out of it. So, yeah, they did really well. I think overall, Pool B was a little more interesting. I think you're right. I think... Uh, I mean, you have the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker obviously. was there. The... The sort of close games. The the only team that was really out of it was Nunavut. PEI fell out of it pretty quick, but uh, the rest of the teams, they were all sort of in the mix. Right. So do you feel as though having Nunavut there weakened the overall experience? Like, the, And frankly, UConn, right? These are two teams. They both went 0 for 7 in their respective pools. These are the two teams that were getting most of the attention in terms of this is a weaker field. This is why are we doing this? This format sucks. We're having to expand the field for these two teams that are no good, both go 0-7, what are your thoughts on having everyone represented now if this is going to be the result, at least in the short term? Well, in the short term, of course, that's the result. But this is that's the argument of saying, let's not expand the field for anything because we don't want terrible teams in there. You could say that to the NHL, hey, why are you putting this Las Vegas team in? It's just going to weaken the whole field. And then they're the best team in the league right now. Well, it's because they gave them all the players. So <laughs> so we have to give Nunavut and UConn all the players. What you're giving them is the chance to compete at this level, which they might not have had before. And if you, if you say to them, hey, there's this goal that you could achieve of going to a national championship, if you work at it and get out of the province, eventually the level of competition should get better in those places. I mean, we've seen Prince Edward Island on the women's side get to Scotty's finals, and they're not what I would call a curling powerhouse. You know, we've seen Nova Scotia the last couple of years be terrible, but the Colleen Jones is from there and has won five or six Scotties. So I, I think, yeah, in the short term, you're going to have some worse competition, some worse teams. The same was true when Carrie Galusha was coming at first, where she was bad mm-hmm. for a long time. Last year, she improved on her record, became 5-6. and six. Uh, You know, it, it, you just got to give it time. Yeah, and I think what's different about curling versus other things. So I, I think I think an interesting comparison would be women's hockey in the Olympics, right? We don't need to see any of the other countries other than Canada and the United States. If the Olympic Committee said, hey, we'll have a tournament for the bronze medal, and the gold medal will be a best of seven series over two weeks between Canada and the United States, I would sign up for that right now. Sure. Because that would be so much more entertaining than watching Canada beat Switzerland 12 nothing. Like, who Like who cares? Like, just get rid of it. Just mm-hmm. give, give us what we want and more of it, right? And I, I think the difference in curling, though, is that, like, in hockey, those teams can go, it's a sheet of ice, and you can practice, you can get better, and you can hopefully improve yourselves that way. Yeah, you have to play good teams and all that, but the conditions are the same, mm-hmm. right? Whereas in curling, the conditions are different, right? Arena ice is different from club ice, and you have to be able to play on arena ice, to learn how to throw on arena ice, both the speed, the curl, the release, all these things to get better. So it's not the same to just say, okay, go get better and then come here 
when you're better because to get better you have to play on this surface to play on the surface you have to ha be entered in the event mm -hmm. that's just the way it goes so i think yeah we have to deal with this as fans and yes we might not like seeing teams lose 15 to 1 but for the long-term growth the strength of the sport i think it's a good thing i think you have to let uh, let them compete right and it's a national championship in the sense that all the provinces are represented. We can get into all that if you want. Uh, there's better curling events. Uh, the, the Tour is a better event. The Canada Cup is a better event. But it, this sort of thing is special, where it gives everybody from across the country the chance to all come together and, like you say, learn, get better, um, give people the opportunity. So I, I think it's fine. It gives so, the fans some sort of underdog to cheer for. Yep. You know, when they score a deuce, you can say, all right. Place goes nuts, yeah. 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 It's like at the Continental Cup when Brazil stole an end against Glenn Howard. The place went crazy. That's right, that's right. I mean, they were losing <laughs> by quite a bit already. But, yeah, you know, uh, It's still not? fun, yeah. Yeah, and we'll talk, too, about the attendance issues and whether or not this affected attendance. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we do a full event recap. The thing that's interesting, though, is is the dynamic here with let's say someone like Chelsea Duncan from UConn or even Sarah Colton, that they're young players and you have Sherry Anderson there, you have Marianne Arsenault, you have really experienced players who they could talk to, Absolutely. they could learn from, they could sit with. And Kathy Goche made this point that even someone like Jennifer Jones, that some of the younger players might have been intimidated to even go talk to Jennifer Jones. She felt that someone, that Jennifer Jones would still sit with them and talk with them if they wanted to about how to play on arena ice, different strategies, mm -hmm. team management, whatever it was. So to have access to these people, you have to be at the event. And these these teams aren't going to Grand Slams. They're not in the Canada Cup. So if we want the sport to improve, this is what we have to do. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the things that the players were talking about not enjoying as much was not getting to play against every team. So not getting the chance to interact with players from every province and territory because of the restrictions of the format. Right. What could have been better, and I don't know if there's a way to do this logistically, is, and I wonder if it would help, that even if you don't play the other pool, maybe if you could schedule it so that both pools are playing at the same time somehow, mm. and then you're at least sort of in the back with each other, uh, dressing rooms, whatever it is, that you can have some interaction, where it's one draws pool A, one draws pool B, you're sort of passing each other all the time. So if I'm in Pool A, you're in Pool B, we're never going to see each other. So if there's a way to make that happen, I don't know if it would help or not, hmm. but it's it's an idea. Interesting thought. Hadn't thought of that. All right, so let's talk about the playoffs then. Let's do it. So Get down to it. The playoff teams, of course, in the 1-2 game, Carrie Anderson against Jennifer Jones. In the 3-4 game, it's Marianne Arsenault against Tracy Fleury. So we both got the 1-2 one, two two. game right even if we got the wild card team wrong. Yes. So we both thought the wild card team against Manitoba would be the 1-2 game. I thought the 3-4 game would be Casey Scheidegger against Michelle Englott. You thought it would be Casey Scheidegger against Kessa Van Osh. Uh, we were both wrong on that because neither of them are in the playoffs. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about this because the four teams that are in the playoffs are the four teams from Pool A. 
Interesting. So I thought that pool A was stronger. You thought that pool B was stronger. Mm-hmm. You want me to blow your mind with something? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. In the crossover games, in the championship pool games. Yes. There were 16 games played. Okay. Pool A teams won 14 of those games. They went 14-2 and two against Pool B. Nova Scotia, Manitoba went 4-0 and each. Northern Ontario and the wildcard team went 3-1 and one each. 3-1. Yeah. So the, the two games that they lost, Team Canada beat the wildcard team and Team Alberta beat Northern Ontario. Those are the only two wins from Pool B. So I feel somewhat validated that Pool A was better because that's a pretty sizable split. Yes, it is. I... What I was trying to say about Pool B is not that... Don't backtrack. Okay. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Not, not that it was better, but that the, the depth of field was better than the depth in Pool A. So, and I think I was validated with that in there was a, a tiebreaker draw. Uh-huh. Uh, even Team Quebec was three and four. It was, it was to me, like the... They were closer to each other. There were more teams with the chance to make that championship pool. Sure, and, and I don't disagree with that. And but. I think we're both surprised that like that Marianne Arsenault came out and went 4-0 in that championship pool. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, yes, no, you're absolutely right. I am very surprised that Neither she of us would have predicted that. No, no. But again, I when we talked about this last week, that the possibility existed for one pool to come into the championship round, dominate the crossover games and have that one pool be the only pool represented in the playoffs and that's what happens which is pretty it that is pretty insane yeah i can't imagine this will be a regular thing but it seems to me to to validate the idea that the top level of pool a was much better than the top level of pool b even if we didn't think marion arsenault would do this fair enough fair right and and once you saw that Kessa Van Osh was there and Holly Duncan was there. Holly Duncan, they got, oh my goodness, on Thursday, having to go through that tiebreaker and then play two more games. So a three-game day on Thursday mm-hmm. and then to come back on Friday, you could just tell they were sort of gassed. And last night in the extra end, they looked like they just wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> like They looked so tired last night. Yeah, it was. Uh, that, that's a tough road, you know, and I think maybe we should think about some better ways to do it with, uh, having to go through tiebreakers and play three games, but uh, and I don't know what it is though. That's the problem. Yeah, right? your like, your book solid the way it is. But yeah. anyway, let's uh, let's get on to it. Okay, so, so who, do you, who do you think Sean is gonna win this three four game this afternoon? So in this three four game, I I I have no reason not to think that Marianne Arsenault is gonna win. She is on the roll. She's on a big roll. I think big game experience could help at the back end. She'll be calmer, perhaps, than Tracy Fleury. I don't know. But just, she's rolling. She's absolutely rolling, steamrolling teams. I would have to give the edge to Marion Arsenault. So this is a rematch of the draw one right. matchup between Northern Ontario and uh, and Nova Scotia, which which Nova Scotia managed to pull out a win. I think Tracy Fleury's going to reverse the curse. Hey! And take out uh, the hottest team in the field right now. Okay, so you're going with the moose. Yeah, give me the moose. Uh, fear the moose. Moose uh, sounds with a coffee can. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. So give me the moose. All right, who do you got tonight? So tonight, Carrie Anderson versus Jen Jones. So big storyline was that Carrie Anderson got her first ever win against Jennifer Jones this week. Yes, and was very happy about it. And maybe a little too happy. 
I think Jennifer Jones <laughs> takes that, sees the celebration she had, and says, you know what? We're not going to let you do this, and stomps on their neck to uh, advance straight into that final. So you got Jen Jones. Give me, give me Manitoba. Give me the Buffalo. Okay, and like in a blowout. Well, maybe not a blowout, but I think she, if she puts her down, she doesn't let her get back up. You know what I mean? She right. Okay, and then you got wild card versus Northern Ontario tomorrow morning. BC in the semifinal. Yeah, uh, I believe the game starts at noon. That's right. Uh, noon east or one east. Uh, so morning in BC. Mm-hmm. In the semi, what do you got? Who do you got? You know what? Uh, this moose. Let's uh, keep on trucking. Give me the moose. Wow. You know, uh, Anderson, she'll be devastated from that loss to Jennifer Jones. Won't be able to get back on track. Okay. So, And this is different where in past years you would have the 3-4 game, 1-2 game, 3-4 game all on, well, the 1-2 Friday night. But as the 3-4 team, you would have to go straight from 3-4 game into the semifinal on Saturday night. And then now you have the night to sort of sleep on it. So you don't have... Maybe that stops the momentum. The ice would change overnight. So maybe there is more advantage to the team that loses the 1-2 game that wouldn't have existed in past years where it's your only game of the day. I don't know. I think uh, I think it'll be more of an even field than, uh, than in past. So that gives you the moose against Manitoba, which yeah. has a moose. What? Isn't there a moose on the... Flag? No, it's a bison. It's a bison, sorry. Buff- buffalo. Bison. Yeah. Same thing, right? They fight each other. Yeah, the moose versus the buffalo. Yeah, so who you got? I I got to stick with my original prediction of Jennifer Jones. They're uh, they're playing really well. Uh, a little bit up and down, you know. Uh, if They had one bad day. Yeah, that's it. And they, they'll do that, you know, from time to time. But, sure. But uh, they ha- don't seem to have missed a beat with Shannon Burchard in there at third. Not and, at all. Uh, I think it'll be really fun for Caitlin Laws to come and play in the World Championships. In, in yeah, and have Shannon Burchard sit on the bench. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that day, it was Wednesday? No. Yeah, Wednesday, I think, um, where they went 0-2. They lost to Northern Ontario and then uh, the wildcard team mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. And really, it was that, that shot that Kerry Anderson made for four in that, whatever the third end it was. And that was kind of the game. Yeah. And that's fine. But then they come back and go 4-0 in the... And blowing people out again. Yes. Ten three against British Columbia, eleven three against Ontario, six two against Alberta, ten four against Canada. So they're rolling again, which is why I got them tonight in the one two, and then I like them. uh, Sorry, in the semifinal, I kind of like the wild card team. Who'd you pick? The three four? Uh, Nova Scotia. Okay. And then I like Carrie. Carrie Anderson, and then so I. I'm going to stick, or no, I'm not sticking with that. I'm sticking with my prediction of Jen Jones in the Azure Canadian Championship, in the World Championships in North Bay. But I think she's going to beat Carrie Anderson. Okay. So that's where we are. We both still have Manitoba. There's nothing that I've seen that would make me want to change. No. In my pick for the week not at all but it has been a very interesting week a lot to think about a lot to talk about and it's it's just been fun curling's fun it is it's very much a fun sport here's what i don't understand we can talk again we'll do a full recap of the whole event but when kathy gochia was sick the other day i can't remember what day this was but she wasn't there in the night draw brian mudrick is in the building 
But Russ and Vic were doing the updates from the other sheet. Cheryl did a little bit, but she seemed to be focused on the, the sheet, but the the TV sheet. But the other two, when they went to cut to the other sheets, they were the ones commenting. Why can't Mudrick do that? Like, when Gochi is gone, why can't he do... Like, what is he doing? Well, listen, Sean, it's a really tough job being a suit on TV. Uh, you're running around, you're making sure to not uh, dump coffee on anybody <laughs> by accident, which uh, may or may not, I may or may not have seen him do one time. But, uh, you know, he's uh, getting interviews, doing... Uh, he's being a journalist. ...stories, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. I, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Amongst many interesting things that we've seen on the broadcast this week, uh, including, I do want to touch on this, so because... You think Kerry Anderson is going to go 0-2 in the playoffs? You think she's going to lose the two games? On the broadcast, I think it, this was Thursday when they were the feature game, Vic alluded to the fact that they don't like each other. Yeah. Like, and he, maybe even strong. He basically, he said they don't like each other. Yeah, they said uh, this is a business team. We don't have to like each other off the ice. Yeah. We don't have to hang out in the summer at all. We're just here to compete. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to see if a team built that way can succeed because curling, you spend a lot of time with those people, mm-hmm. traveling to events, in hotel rooms, at breakfast, uh, dinners, everything. So Yeah, but and it's the social dynamic of the sport. The, okay, fine, hockey players, football players, they cannot like each other, so what? It really doesn't matter. But in curling, there's so much on the communication mm-hmm. of... What shot are we going to throw? What's the weight? And sort of calling it out in the moment. And when you make a mistake, is it the release? Was it too much ice? What, like, There's so much communication that's necessary that in other sports, yes, communication is necessary. But it's not as social communication, if, I, if that makes any sense. So the fact that they might not like each other, I think is really interesting. And it'll be very curious to see. Because Vic and Cheryl and Russ glossed over it and said, hey, this works for them. This is their thing to see if they last the summer. Sure, and and with the new cycle coming up, a lot of teams are going to be changing and maybe one or two of those players are looking for looking for something else on a new team. Maybe to play with people they like. Yeah, maybe. If that's true. Which, and we can speculate on all those lineup changes at another time. We will. But I thought that was interesting and and that that's perhaps the case and then going into the weekend you think they're going to go 0 and 2. I do. So, We'll see what happens. We'll do a full recap of the events after the final. We'll break it down. The plan for us is to double screen this on uh, on Sunday mm-hmm. with the Super Bowl on one screen, the final on another screen. We're also going to spend the afternoon looking at the men's finals from around the province. So Ontario, Manitoba, Alberta, BC are currently ongoing. Uh, I think Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan is ongoing. I don't know if they're showing Saskatchewan, though. Um, and the only one I think that isn't going on is Northern Ontario. That gets underway next week. It finishes on the 11th. But a lot of action in the men's side across the country. So we'll be paying attention to that. We'll be commenting on it, too. We have a Twitter now. Do you know this, Scott? Yeah, of course I know this. So it's at Game of Stones Pod. <laughs> at Game of Stones Pod. You can follow the show there. We'll also get commentary on the events as it's going on we'll get some live reaction on twitter you can also follow the facebook page which is game of stones podcast on facebook where i'm going to link the twitter account to the facebook 
So you can get live stuff there, any news about the show, and all the information there. Beautiful. And uh, going forward, Sean, I suggested we... uh you know, correct any mistakes we might have made. We're just talking off the cuff here. A couple yeah. guys hanging out. So, uh, so what'd you catch? Oh, I didn't catch anything today. But uh, if any of you catch any mistakes that we made, uh, don't tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, or or let us know in a very polite way. Yeah, <clears throat> through those social media channels. We also have a an email gameofstonespodcast at gmail that you can email the show. Perfect. And you'll be checking those emails, right? Yes, I have that. I have everything synced up. <laughs> uh, and you can follow us personally on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Likes TV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. Sean, S-E-A-N-N-Y. <laughs> at Dr. Shawnee Fever. Anything else, Scotty? I think that's everything. Uh, I'm looking forward to a great playoff weekend. Yeah, hopefully we get some close games. No eight-enders. Uh, no eight-end games. Good, tight games that come down to the wire. And it'll maybe make up for some of the shorter games earlier in the week. So with that... We wish you all a pleasant weekend. Enjoy the games. Keep your brooms on the ice. Don't dump that intern. Make the final.